Hello, Guru Fateh. Welcome to the SIGCAST. My name is Manpreet Singh. Thank you for being with us. We are here for another podcast on our 12 Guru series. And today's Guru is Guru Hargobind Sahib Ji. And with me, I have Indapreet Singh. Indapreet Singh, Guru Fateh. Vagiji Khalsa, Vagiji Fateh Manpreet. And before we begin, I just uh, want to apologize for the delay on this podcast. We had some scheduling issues. Um, I had a death in my family as well, and so the podcast got a little delayed. But hopefully, moving forward, we won't let that happen again. Uh, so apologize for that. In the brief, let's get into this. Uh, our 12 Guru series from 1469 to infinity. Guru Har Gobind please uh, take it away. Thanks. Th- thanks, uh, uh, Manpreet. Yes, I, I, I wanted to... Uh start on Guru Hargobind Pacha's um, uh, podcast uh, to uh, kind of um, let everyone know that very recently there's a lot of uh, buzz on social media about the foundation of Akal Taksav. And, and everyone should know that Akal Taksav that we know today and we revere uh, was the gift uh, to the Sikhs from uh, Guru Hargobind Sahib. But let me start. Let me start with uh, his uh, birth and, and his life. Um, Guru Arjan Sahib's uh, and Mata Ganga Ji's son, born in 1595. Um, you know, another another kind of uh, current historical uh, context. 2015, the Sarbat Khalsa that was held. Um, was in the around the village vicinity area where Guru Hargobind Pacha was born. Of course, it's very close to Amritsar, because that was where Guru Rajan Sahib and, and the family were. But it is called Guru Ki Vadali. And within Guru Ki Vadali, there's a Chiharta Sahib. Um, that was the land, or that was the area where that, that huge Sabat Khalsa was held in, in recent history. Everyone may also not know this, uh, very interesting, is that Guru Sahib... Um, passed away in 1644. So he ended up being about 49 or 50 years. But the guruship was obviously after the shahidi of Guru Arjan Sahib, which happened to be in 1606. So everyone remembers, time frames are very important here. So 1599 is what I mentioned in the previous podcast. You know, certain chroniclers will say that Guru Sahib embarked on the compilation of the Advent. 1599. 1604 was the first Prakash of the of the Adhgant by Baba Buddha Ji. Right? Obviously, Guru's, Guru Hargobind Sahib was born, or Hargobind Ji was born, and in 1606, he becomes Guru. So he's nine, uh, he's 11 years old. Young, young boy gets the mantleship, gets the, 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 the weight of uh, the Guruship right after this tumultuous time of so much uh, agony of the martyrdom of, of his father and, and the guru of, of the Sikhs. Now, believe it or not, it was really in that very same year that the foundation of the Akal Takht began. Uh, Akal Takht back then was also known as Akal Bunga. There are different stories about you know what it took to build it, but uh, I think everyone agrees that it was Guru Hargobind Sahib himself. Baba Buddhaji and Pai Gudasi. The three of them all together um, built originally like literally a taktam, a mound with, you know, uh, just a little bit area right in front of the Darbar Sahib, 
Harmandir um, Sahib, which was already been established by Guru, Guru Arjan Sahib. So, what was really, what, what was going on over here? And this was the, the takht where Guru Hargobind Sahib uh, donned the swords of Midian Piri, right? Um, I think we had mentioned it in the earlier podcast that this whole idea of spiritual and and, and political, uh, kind of temporal and, and spiritual um, ideas is not new. Nothing new that Guru Hargobind Sahib just dreamt up at the age of 11. This was a, a core, you know, unified uh, theology of, of from emanating from the Ikonkar idea of Guru Nanak. And however, the manifestation of the Miri side or, or the political side, um, because of the circumstances of the time, had to become now, you know, more 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 practiced in in, in a practical sense has to, had to be engaged on. So the theology didn't change, the theory didn't change, the practice had to uh, get initiated. This is exactly where now, in kind of a challenge to the Mughal courts and the Mughal rules of that time, the social problems, political problems, economic problems of the Sikhs were being dealt with within the community itself with Guru Sahib as, as the head of it. Uh, Guru Sahib had also his... Um, you know, disciples who would uh, be have leadership positions and and help through that process. But the Kaltaksab was really where all of those um, issues were discussed. They were adjudicated and uh, you know put forth into action. And then since then, 1606 till this day, that is really where the central um, decision making uh, emanates from. Um, obviously, the current situation, Sikh Research Institute currently is working on a project to kind of understand the role of the Kaltag in the minds of the Sikhs and, you know, what the current issues are and how, um, you know, a, a framework or, or figuring out a way to get this resolved. Um, may, many of you may have seen that survey and we appreciate if you uh, respond to that. Uh, but the foundation of it was was a very significant episode in in Sikh uh, in Sikh history. I would also like to mention over here everything when you hear about a Kaltag, the other uh, you know aspect that everyone hears is something called Hukamnama, right? Manpreet, any idea what you what may have been? I mean, if the Kaltag is there, then there's probably a Hukamnama. Any have you heard of any uh, stories of what the first Hukamnama may have been by Guru Gobind Sahib? I have not. Any guesses? <laughs> I I really can't think of it. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, um, it's a it's, it's a very 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 interesting. Three phrases are we find in our chronicles have written up, um, and the three phrases uh, obviously it's probably written or uh, emanated much more eloquently, uh, like with with. But the three phrases were, Vadia Javani, Vadia Kore, and Vadia Shastar. So the very first kind of injunction or, or um, you know, hukam from the guru was, from now on, my Sikhs will be, you know, when you come for your, and you give the gifts and, and, and your, this one, the, you know, to the guru's uh, treasure treasure house, bring vadiya shastar, so good, good weapons, uh, good horses, vadiya kora, and vadiya jawani, good strength. So have, uh, you know, be be physically well fit. 
Um, so the building of the Khalsa army or the Sikh army is beginning with the establishment of the Khaltak as well. I have never heard of that for all my years reading and seeing Sikh lectures and uh, listening to Sikh lectures. I've never heard of that. And if I have, it might have been a long, long time ago, but I cannot recall a time where I've heard those three phases. So that's pretty cool to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to talk a lot about Guru Hargobind Saab's, you know, kind of political and military, you know, actions. We're going to actually talk about some of his battles as well. But let's let's not forget that he's the Guru, right? The the Ikonkar, um, the Shabad, and the interpreter of the Shabad, or the embodiment of the Shabad is Guru Hargobind Saab uh, himself as well. So it's not all politics it's not all military um there is some very intense spiritual uh, um you know episodes in the life of, of guru uh, guru hargobind sahib as well so akalta gets established this hukamnama gets uh, put out now remember what the background of the whole uh, episode around guru arjan sahib shahidi is there is the family issues with priti chand and his family there is the chandu brahman uh, was one of the main uh, instigators of this and then there's the uh, Mughal regime and and the judiciary of, of the of the Mughal regime that's at play that, that caused this to happen so just after Guru Arjun Sal Shahidi I mean they all didn't go away they're still very actively involved um, some say there were three times that Priti Chand actually tried to kill the the young uh, Guru Hargobind uh, prior to him becoming guru uh, as well. So Priti Chand was, you know, not only after Guru Arjan Sahib, and, and, but, but also Guru Hargobindji specifically, because he actually thought that since, uh, and this is someone's interpretation on one of the readings, right, is is that since Guru Hargobind Sahib, or Hargobind Sahib was born later in the years of Guru Arjan Sahib's life, that Guru Arjan Sahib might choose Meherban, Priti Chand's son as the next guru as well. So he was always wanting somehow in his, in him, either himself or his family, that the guruship may, may be there. But obviously it, it went the other way. Guru Arjan Sahib had prepared Guru uh, Hargobindji via, under the instructions of Baba Buddha Ji in the Granth as well as in Shastravidya as well to prepare for being, being the guru. Jahangir is also a main, uh, you know, character in the episode of Guru Rajan Saab's martyrdom. But believe it or not, Jahangir does come and and visits um, in in Amritsar, uh, Guru Arjun, uh, Guru Hargobind Saab and 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 the segment. At that time, he again chroniclers write that he kind of understood his his mistake of Guru Hargobind uh, Guru um, Arjan Saab. And uh, one storyline ex- expresses that Guru Hargobindji was bef- uh, befriended Jahangir. So here's Emperor Jahangir, who was one of the characters in the reason for the uh, martyrdom of Guru Arjun Saab. But once he accepted maybe his his uh, fallacy, Guru Hargobind Saab uh, befriends him as well. But that friendship didn't continue long because the Chandu um, clan, now Chandu now also had a son. His son's name is also mentioned in all of these, continuously, constantly 
challenges Guru Hargobind Sahib and keeps the complaints up against the Guru um, with Jahangir. And somehow or the other, and this is, I'll be very honest and completely open, I haven't been able to understand the exact uh, scenario. And even there is also um, different scholars have different dates related to Guru Sahib's incarceration in uh, the Gowalier Fork. So everyone is familiar with, and we're going to mention it very briefly because it, every year there's a lot of information about it, is Bandi Chor. That, that whole, you know, episode of the Bandi Chor happened. Uh, uh, Guru Hargobind Saab is incarcerated in the in the Kila of Gwalior, in the fort of Gwalior. In that fort is also 52 other political prisoners, um, you know, Rajas of, of, of the time. And I am not. There's 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 a there's not enough information to clearly present when Guru Sahib was arrested. When did he go into the Gwalior Fort and um, and how long he was in there as well? So I don't want to get into the bog down into the date because that for me is not the the um, the crux of the matter. I do want to share a couple of things where Baba Buddha Ji is is prominent in around the air, around the time frame that Guru Saab is in is in this jail of Gwalior Killa. For many of your re, uh, listeners uh, from, uh, who may have been to Darbar Sahib and at a particular time in Darbar Sahib there's a group of uh, group of the Sangat members that do a parkarma around Darbar Sahib and are singing uh, shabads in very loud voices while all of the other program is also going on. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen, seen that as well, um, but it does happen. And the history of that happens to be so interesting. This is called the Chonkia. This is called the Chonkia, and um, there is a, a group of Sangat that's going around and singing Shabbats. Um, historians write that while Guru Saab was in Gwalior Kila, Baba Buddha Ji, you know, trying to keep the Chardikala of the Sangat uh, alive as a protest. So it, it was it, it, initial protest method of, of the six was to sing Shabads, you know, loudly and in a Parkarma style around the Barsab. But furthermore, different Jathas would then kind of do a quote-unquote pilgrimage to Gwalior Kila. And it was it's high up on a on a hill hilltop, and they would do a parkarma of the hilltop, knowing that Guru Hargobind Sahib is incarcerated in that Gwalior Gwalior Fort. So for me, that okay, Guru Sahib is in there; he's incarcerated. The the crux of the matter is he's known as Bandichor uh, uh, by the local community over there, and nowadays in in our Sikh psyche, he's known as Bandichor, but because of his uh you know emancipation of 52 other um rulers which by the way the reason why he was let go was again Jahangir's wife Nur Jahan was also a, a great fan of the Sikh Sikh gurus and she was also a fan of Mia Mir so Mia Mir continues to play a role also after Guru Rajan Saab's uh, martyrdom and uh, through through that uh, persuasion Jahangir um wanted Guru Sahib to leave, but Guru Sahib refused to leave without getting the 52 Rajas out as well. 
that's the the main crux of the matter. But the the interesting historical fact is that this whole idea of protest of the Sikhs begins to emerge at that time as well. And whether it's in Dukh or Sukh, the way of guru, uh, of the Sikhs were a protest or celebration is all by singing Shabads. Uh, that's the main message I take out from that. Should we continue on, uh, still continue with kind of the political realm of things? And uh, everyone probably knows that um, Guru Sahib and the Sikhs fought multiple battles under Guru Hargobind Sahib. The army of, of the Gurus started to grow. The Guru's army contained obviously Sikh disciples, but even non-Sikhs as well. It was known to have had uh, a prominent one, maybe many, many of your uh, listeners have heard are Bande Khan, so there are Muslims in, in Guru Sahib's uh, army as well. But uh, Guru Sahib fought four battles. All four battles, um, it's pretty comprehensively described, happened to be in defensive battles, never for any kind of um, you know, political or you know, win- winning of any um, you know, uh, 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 what's the word, you know, like ge- geography or any geopolitical type of win. The first battle was in Hargobindpur. Um, and um, as I had mentioned, um, the the Mughal uh, kind of judiciary, uh, Chandu, and, you know, uh, multiple kind of um, detect- detectors of, of the Guru were always conniving against him. So the first battle was literally of a money lender trying to take over an area in Hargobindpur, uh, you know, that, that, that town which Guru uh, Arjun Sahib had actually established. And uh, so it was a fight uh, of someone coming over and trying to take away uh, the uh, whatever the six had as property, and they, wa- they were wanting to expand that property. The second one was a very famous battle that many people would know is the battle over the Baj. So the, a hunting party of of the Mughal nobles. Um, some say it was Jahangir, some say it was just other some Mughal nobles. But the 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 hawk is a is a sovereign, you know, uh, insignia. The Baj was captured by the six. Um, the Sikhs, by the way, even during Guru Nanak's time and even Guru Hargobind Sahib's time, used to call the Guru Satcha Patsha. So uh, the sovereign kind of paraphernalia continued to be around uh, the Sikh Gurus. <laughs> the Sikhs captured the Baj. The Mughal armies pounced on them, trying to um, you know take it away. And um, there was a battle that was fought, and obviously um, multiple. Um, Casualties on both sides, but the the six uh, ended up being victorious. Another one which was uh, very um, interesting. Guru Sahib is you know leading a family life. He's doing the you know um, t- taking care of his six, but also having to fight battles at the same time. There was a battle right in Amritsar uh, or outside um, of Amritsar when Guru Sahib's daughter was being married. And this was uh, a battle, again, in, interrelated to uh, the two battles, the Bona Battle of Amritsar during Bibi Viro's marriage, which was Guru Sahib's daughter. And another was the Battle of Kartarpur, which was um, the famous battle where Bande Khan, was, who was a, a friend of the Guru, then moved to the other side and, you know, had a, Guru Sahib had a hand-to-hand battle with uh, 
or, or um, sword fight with with Pentecon. One of the reasons, and we'll talk about this, is is that a lot of non, sorry, a lot of um, Muslims and Hindus were, you know, just thronging to the 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 Sikhs and 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 Guru Sabs, um under Guru Sabs, uh, you know, uh, sanctuary. And one very famous uh, Muslim woman who uh, did that was Matakola, and we'll talk about her in a little bit. But anyway, because of the conversions that are going on into Sikhi, because of the establishment and and uh, of the Kaltakt and the kind of the Sikh establishing themselves as a distinct political and religious faith, uh, there were other battles, Amritsar and Katapur, that were also fought antagonists were were conniving to actually fight against the guru so four battles come into sikh history the very first four battles being fought and then along the along the years afterwards we we hear of a lot of more battles in the time of guru gobind singh sahib i'll stop here any oh what oh, sorry one thing i did want to mention the battle of kartarpur um where pande khan who was a friend of the guru, uh, disciple of the guru, of, um, kind of nurtured up with him. He changed his side because of some, you know, uh, political issues. But it was that Kartarpur battle in which multiple sons of the gurus, Baba Gurditta Ji was the son of the guru, and another son of the guru, and I'm going to name this name, but just everyone keep, uh, listen to me carefully. The name of that son was Tiagmal. It just so happens that that son Tiagmal, many years later, is Nanak number nine, is Guru Teg Bahadur Sab. So after that battle, Guru Hargobind Sab was so impressed with uh, the battle skills of Tiagmal, he changed his name to Teg Bahadur. Uh, but we'll talk obviously more about Teg Bahadur Sab. G in uh, in the ninth episode. Um, so I, 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 that was another tidbit that I wanted to make sure everyone kind of heard that the Katarpur battle or Pandekhan was also the battle in which Guru Sahib's sons fought, and one of the sons was the, to be the future Guru Guru Teg Bahadur Sahib. I'll stop and over there, and the, I don't. Know. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, no, and this was the battle where Pandekhan and the Guru Sahib they were friends, right? They're like before he switched sides and all that. Uh, maybe I, maybe I heard the story wrong, but yeah, they were like really good friends. And then Pendekan, Guru Sab, and they met at the battlefield. And if, if I remember this correctly, and Pendekan's like, uh, you know, they did. I mean, they didn't want to do this, but he let uh, he let Pendekan take a couple of shots at him, and he missed. Then Guru Sab took one shot, and uh, you know, it was over for Pendekan. But then he did the right. Maybe uh, I think there's a story where he, you know he's asking, you know, do you want to do the right the Muslim way or He's like, don't worry, I'm looking at you, and that's good enough for me to die that or is, something like that. So, That is exactly the, the, the episode. You said it very well. So, you know, these stories that we have of, of, of that we grew up with, I mean, I don't know when you probably heard that. I also heard that, um, you know, in my childhood. Um, and uh, you put it into the context of what's going on in the development of our, our Sikh, uh, you know, the, the, the Sikh community. In in all of the other things that Guru Hargobind Saab is is uh, you know having to deal with from a community development perspective, 
um, amazing love that Guru shows at the end that, yeah, it was a, you know, uh, hand-to-hand combat and sorry, Pandey Khan, you lost, but, you know, you're still my friend and uh, perform whatever last rites that you need to. And another little tidbit you may have heard is that he takes his shield, his tal, and covers his head because to to uh, sh- uh, provide him shade from the scorching sun. So the, the, the love that Guru Sahib shows, regardless of what, uh, you know, circumstances of hate the adversary may have, uh, is, is where is what is emanating. The love aspect is constantly um, ever prevailing in all of Guru Sahib's actions, even during battle. Uh, justice is being served in, in the in the right manners, uh, you know, uh, from from that perspective. And, and speaking about justice, I, before the podcast, you told me this story on somebody getting justice after Guru Sahib comes out of prison. Correct. So after, uh, so finally, New Jahan convinces Jahangir that hey, there should be no reason why Guru uh, Hargobind Sahib should be in prison, and all of that takes place. Guru, uh, Guru Hargobind Sahib uh, gets released, but along with fifty-two, so so Jahangir finally, for real this time, the story goes, uh, understands his re- and, and and remorses, and understands that Chandusha. Brahman and all of his connivers were basically taking him for a ride and uh, basically gets Chandusha arrested and hands him over to the six. So in the area of Lahore, the story goes that Chandu was, his face was blackened and he was paraded. This is this I'm getting from um, a short history of the six, Teja Singh and Ganda Singh. Um, he was paraded in the uh, uh, streets of Lahore, but some of the Sikhs just couldn't hold themselves back. And as we say in our lang- in our kind of uh, terminology, was no You know, justice delivered kardita, but the ultimate justice. So he was um, he was killed on the spot by a couple of Sikhs who, you know, could not uh, bear it. So. The the whole point is that Guru Sahib kept his cool throughout all of these machinations of of the adver- adversaries, um, and um, you know justice got delivered in in a you know the 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 shabad that comes to my mind is pura nyao kare karta you know um, ultimate justice will become is part of the divine will of of Vaigu. Yeah, uh, and by the way, as if people haven't figured it out by now, justice is the theme of this guru in the 10 core values of, of the 10 gurus. Uh, justice is the value that Guru Hargobind Sahib is putting into practice as the humility and compassion and, uh, you know, the submission uh, core values continue to get developed. Right. And so let me ask you something that you probably get asked all the time when you're at a retreat, when you're at Siddiq, when you're at some camp, when you meet a crazy person like me that hasn't seen you in a while and I start asking you all these questions. One of the things, uh, and I've, I didn't hear this for a long time, but I've heard it in the last, I would say, seven to 10 years. And I don't want to delve into this, but I definitely want to talk about it and touch it because it's in, you know, I, I've read it in different people's books about gurus, uh, about Guru Hargobind having multiple wives. And mm-hmm. mainly the number is three. So mm-hmm. let's uh, let's not delve into it, but uh, 
I definitely want to talk about it and mention it here. Where Where is this coming from? Um, I know there's no historical, historical document, but I feel like a lot of people have been writing this in the books recently. Yes. So, so actually, I mean, there's, there's many, um, um, documents, right? Um, and, uh, there, there's, that's, and that's the thing. There are many documents. So all the documents don't line up with each other. And, and this is not just, uh, with Guru Hargobind Sahib, but also, um, other gurus as well. So dates. Names of wives, names of uh, you know, um, uh, you know um, uh, other associates of the gurus—they're all not consistent. Uh, but in the case of the, the multiple wives of Guru Hargobind, the first time that we hear of multiple, we'll also—I'm sure—we'll like have this question during Guru Gobind Singh's time uh, podcast as well. But um, is mentioned is three wives. That's that's actually also even not consistent because. One of the most comprehensive, or I wouldn't say comprehensive, but a large corpus of literature associated with Guru Hargobind Sabji's life is a book called Gurbilas Pachai In that, there are many more wives that are that are mentioned, but that story happens to be um, the case where you know, I guess it's the cultural aspect of that time when disciples are enamored by 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 a guru but the story in that one goes is that one father gifted all of his daughters and he had like six daughters uh to the guru um as a as right type of idea and that some people say oh those are all the wives of the gurus um but the 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 Case so so that's one idea that that's what's really going on and they're spiritual wise not real wise. The other story again I'm presenting opinions here based on things that I I have experienced myself. The other explanation is given is that in those days against the cultural um, patriarchal structure of that time where the husband and the husband's family is is the you know all in all. Um, what used to happen is that in, in, in the Peke or prior to getting married, there was one name, but when they would get married, um, the husband's family would uh, go and change the name as well. So some say that that's where the confusion is arising. And where others say, no, it was absolutely the case. There were, there were three wives and there were children from all, all, all the three different wives. That, that one, at least I think people are very um, clear, is that there were five sons and there was one daughter. Tibi Viro, which I told you about already, whose marriage was occurring, and then the battle had to be fought at the same time. And we already heard about Teg Bahadur Sahib, um, Gupaba Gurditta, there's Anni Rai, Atal Rai, and Suraj Mal. Um Anyway, so, so those are the three different, there's, there's you know, Gurbilas Pachai Chevi has a lot of stories about gifting of the, of the, of the quote-unquote gifting of the, of the daughters to the Guru, other story is about you know the changing of names, and the third one is yes, there's absolutely three three different different wives. I'll be honest personally, um, I'm have not at this juncture figured out or agreed to either of these three stories. Something still is missing. I, I, I hope uh, Guru will bless me with the you know kind of patience to kind of understand or accept one of these eventually. But um, yeah, that, that, I, like I agree. I think uh, this is something that will continue to be a discussion topic, and the historical uh, facts on this are quite fuzzy.
Okay, so I'm going to leave it there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, let's leave it there because then this podcast will be four hours long. Exactly, uh, exactly. There's a lot of stuff. Let's uh, talk about the travel. Like, um, yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. He was the second most traveled guru until I read the notes here, and I was like, oh, wow, yeah. Never thought of it like that. Yeah, so so 30, some say 39, some say 37, 38. So 38 years he was guru. So definitely from a um, guruship, guruhood, it, it was, uh, you know, longest pretty much after Guru, um, guru Nanak Sahib. But uh, now, again, I, I, just to be clear, right, so uh, Guru Tegh Bahadur Ji, he traveled all the way to uh, Dhaka, Bangladesh, right, and, you know, his his travels to Assam, etc. And Patna is where he had settled um, and where Guru or Govind Raiji was born. Um, so, But in, in the case of Guru Hargobindji, for some time he was settled in Amritsar, but very soon he then left. And the surrounding towns around Amritsar, as he kept moving from town to town, again, this term, there's political turmoil going on. There's the needs of the Sangats that he has to you know, attend to. Um, it is known that he spent some, uh, quite a bit of time in Kashmir area. So going way up north in, into Kashmir area. Um, there are stories of him coming down towards Delhi. So he didn't travel far and wide like Guru Nanak all the way to like South India and uh, Mecca or, uh, you know, but but as far as on traveling and not settled in one one town, um, this was Guru Hargobind Sahib. A very interesting story many people have, have written in, in here is Guru Hargobind Sahib himself was obviously, you know, tall, strong, handsome, but his his son, Baba Gurditta Ji, uh, people would say looked like a ditto copy of uh, Guru Nanak Sahib. So what Guru Nanak Sahib used to look like. So much so that, you know, in during his travels, Baba Sri Chand, who was the son of Guru Nanak Sahib, he was still alive at that time, but he was on his, you know, his years were, were being numbered. So he came and the story goes that they uh, kind of made up, uh, you know, and didn't, and kind of got put back into the fold of, of six. And Baba Gurditta Ji, Guru Hargobind's son, was kind of... Um, uh, given to uh, Baba Sri Chand as con- continuing on that that group, but um, so so that also occurred during Guru Hargobindji's travels and his his uh, in this case Baba uh, Gurditta Ji, um, you know, being with him. Uh, most traveled guru uh, or or the longest reigning guru um, is definitely um, Guru Hargobind Sahib. You know, I've. Uh, heard of many stories of there's a mystic type of stories as well which I actually enjoy very much you may have heard in the context of other gurus as well that some disciple of the guru in a faraway land like Kabul is in some type of bind and is in trouble and you know into the guru Guru Hargobindji has many stories associated with his lifetime where uh, there's some type of connection with some of his disciples. Um, and again, these are names are not known to me personally. I'm sure there are 
but uh, the story that I heard growing up is that there was a Bibi who, with you know utmost devotion, you know singing Bani every day, uh, made the yarn as well as the chola for the guru. She was a very poor lady, but was always in the thirst of the darshan, or you know wanting to have a, a vision of the guru and gift the chola to her. So the story goes again. Guru Hargobindji knew that, and during one of his hunting episodes far away, he took a detour and attended to um, this this Mai and uh, took the gift of the Chola and put on the Chola for him. Um, then the, the word, so that's one story. Another story about the love of the Guru, and this one is really emotional for me. Um, his love and pyar he had for his Bazurg in his kind of uh, circle of, of leaders, which was Baba Buddhaji. So remember, Baba Buddhaji was a Sikh of Guru Nanak. He had experienced five of the Gurus until then. He was actually the caretaker at the young age of uh, as Guru Hargobind Sa uh, was growing up, and then as Guru Hargobind Sa becomes Guru. Um, but it's time for his passing away. And uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, chroniclers write that Baba Buddhaji, imagine in that time, right, 126 years old. And uh, the story goes that Guru Hargobind Sahib himself, along with other six, carried the body of Baba Buddhaji to the cremation and, and was there with him, spent time with him in his uh, last days as well. Um, we already talked about the love of his friend Pandey Khan, and uh, Mata Kola. So Mata Kola, Bibi Kola, um, we're, we're shifting like little time frames back and forth, but she was enamored by the Sikh thought, wanted to become Sikh, was from a Muslim family, and, you know, Muslim women especially, converting was like unheard of. Mia Mir, because of his broad-mindedness, was actually an advocate of that. If you want to, go ahead and do that. But the other Qazis and other Muslim leaders of the area, area it was very dangerous for, for Matakola. Gurhar Gobind Sahib and the, his disciples basically uh, protected protected her, gave, gave her refuge in Amritsar, right near Darbar Sahib. Professor Puran Singh writes beautifully about Mata Kolanji that um, Guru uh, Hargobin Saab used to, you know, take his walker in the morning and and meet Mata Kolanji when, when she was in in that in that vicinity um, every morning after his uh, whole, you know, um, morning uh, morning practice. Um, and today, for those of you that have been to Harmandir uh, Saab, Darbar Saab area, right next to it. Next to Baba Atal Gurdwara, um, Kolsar. It's a sarovar built in her memory uh, that stands there today as well. So many other stories like that about Guru Hargobindji and individual Sikhs that he's uh, meeting and talking to over the course of his uh, 38 plus or 39 years of Guruship. So uh, I'm going to uh, talk about two more things uh, and leave actually one question out there, right? So, Guru, uh, and this is again two schools of thought. One school of thought is that Guru Hargobindji uh, did not contribute anything to the Guru Granth Sahib. 
the other school of thought is that Guru Hargobindji is the one who uh, attributed the different modes of singing of some of the vars. So I don't know if uh, your readers will know this. I'll just spend really quick on this. There are 22 vars in the Guru Granth Sahib, all in different rags. Vars are, you know, a set of pori that has loks with it. The most famous one is Asakivar. But Asakivar, the the heading of it, gives indication on how to sing it. And Asakivar is to be sung in what's called Tunde Asrajiki Duni. So it's um it's a melody that's specific to like a ballad or or an ode of those of those days. Some say that that's attributed to Guru Hargobindji, you know, uh, doing that. Others say that no, that was the the gift of Guru Arjun Sahib right from the beginning. But um, Vars is very very important. <laughs> that's why I'm bringing that up. At Kal Takht, even today, although I'm hearing some interesting reports, which I'm not too clear of, that they're they're banning uh, the singing of it. But everyone must be familiar with the Tadis and the Tadivars. So in addition to building the army and asking for Vardhya Jawani, Vardhya Kore, Vardhya Shastar, Guru Sahib is building up our other traditions. And one of the traditions that is the gift of Guru Sahib is the Tadivar. So where non-Gurbani-based vars, so po- poetry, folk poetry, uh, specifically on the uh, singing of the praises of the bravery of, of, of warriors in battle, um, way back then was a gift of Guru Hargobind Sahib and until recent history, 1984 and beyond, um, many, many uh, famous Tadi Var singers, um, um, you know, blessed the Sangats with, with Tadi Vars as well. So very interesting uh, point to remember about Guru, Guru Hargobind Sahib. So, and this idea of Miri Piri. So, uh, this is mentioned in a lot of books for some reason. I, I, I really don't know uh, why, but there was a lot of confusion. Is how can, why is it that here is Guru Nanak's throne? Guru Nanak was this, supposedly the spiritualist and, you know, did not have any royal paraphernalia, but now suddenly the sixth form of Nanak has all of this quote-unquote worldly things like, you know, an army of uh, um, uh, cavalry horses and, and uh, you know, large court court rooms like the Kaltakt Asab where court is put in place, etc. So a very well-known in the Indian subcontinent context Maratha saint known as Samrath Ramdas, he happens to have known the history of Guru Nanak's time, meets with Guru Hargobind Sahib in Kashmir and um, asks him, that how, give an explanation of how this is even possible that uh, you have all of this, you're supposed to be this on the spiritual throne of Guru Nanak, but you're living such a worldly life and you have an army and you have shastras and everything like that. And Guru Hargobindji gives an answer very calmly that inwardly a hermit, outwardly a prince. The Shastar is for the, uh, and I'm I'm just loosely translating it. There's actual uh, um, a quote in in the original language as well. Um, the the Shastar is for the protection of the poor and the destruction of uh, quote unquote evildoers, uh, etc. And Samrat Ramdas a- after the explanation. Um, 
completely agrees and somebody goes, something like that. Um, that this, this, is, this answer is pleasing to my mind. And, you know, uh, kind of, so this is a third party understanding and accepting the context of the sick development, right, uh, happening at that time. It's unfortunate that today, multiple books will always say, oh, a transformation occurred. Oh, a whole change in the scope of Sikhi occurred, um, beginning with Guru Hargobind Sahib. Whereas from a Sikh perspective, it remains as a Konkar. It's just the different manifestations of the Raj Jog or the Midi Pidi that, that is put into place. And that, that's the gift of, of Guru, Guru, Guru Hargobind Sahib. Um, that you know the journey is continuing from humility of Guru Nanak to what is the mode methodology, what is the mindset when one is to deliver justice, one is to kind of present the political realm or the non quote unquote spiritual realm of Sikhi, which is the second side of the same coin. Uh, Guru Hargobind Sahib is giving us indication through his his life of, of how to do that. Yeah, and Dupreet, I'm glad you mentioned that because I also wanted to say that too because sometimes you're just taught like that or you just see it in, you know, Punjabi songs or just the culture itself where, you know, the first five gurus were like pacifists, the next five are like militaristic and they started picking up arms and, you know, that's obviously I'm totally, totally wrong. You know, I was listening and what changed, this clicked in my mind. I mean, you know it. You just know it, and you know inherently, but it, you, you, it never really clicks. And the one time it clicked for me, I was in, I think I was in San Antonio. I don't know where I was, but I was listening to a lecture. Uh, Harinder was giving a lecture in a gurdwara, and it was a lecture on Guru Gobind Singh Ji. Mm-hmm. And what he said was th- that same thing just totally clicked for me. Where, and and you read it in Satabhavanjvar, but it never clicks. And he just said, look. And she's like straight to the Gurdwara. He's like, Guru Gobind Singh Ji, Guru Nanak Dev Ji, same exact people. Don't mm-hmm. ever think they're different, you know? And I never thought of it like that because, you know, because you, you grew up with pictures. You you know, you, you got who Guru, right now we're talking about Guru Hara, Gobind Sahib Ji. You know, he has yeah. a big, he has a huge khanda and huge dadi with kids. You know, that's the pictures that they portray him. Guru Nanak is yeah. not like that. But what, But when he said that they're the same exact person and they don't ever think of them differently, you know, and just like what you were saying. And then it just clicked after that. I always thought of each guru as the same, no militaristic, no passive. This is what the guru, this is what the guru's mission is. This is just a different body, different manifestation, what you're saying, and just carrying Mm -hmm. it forward. And everyone knows where it goes. And so it was uh, a great, great plan. It was his master plan, you know? So, you know, that's, that's the line that clicked with me, that all these gurus are the same exact, they're, the sa- they're on the same exact mission, you know, just mm-hmm. their bodies, and uh, now the people that they're interacting with are, uh, are changed. That's it. Exactly. Yeah, and, and, the, and the line from, and this is substantiated in, in Guru Granth Sahib itself. And the line is, Jot Oha, Jugat Sai, Se Kaya, Per Palakkiye. Essentially, that the jyot, the divine light, is the same, and not only is the divine light the same, right? Because we'll say, oh yeah, there's a divine light, but oh, they were they were changing the way in in the way they were, you know, being active. 
Jugat Sai, Jugat is, is methodology and the ways in which they emanated that light, that wisdom, right? That was also the same. All that was changing was the kaya, was the body. And that is time and circumstances. Obviously, there are different manifestations of that light, of that wisdom that have to be portrayed. And, and you know, Principal Teja Singh, in, in different words, he basically says that the Guru's mission, as you're saying, was to transform the human. And that can't be done even in one lifetime. So that's why it took 10 lifetimes for that transformation to then embody within the Guru Granth and the Guru Kalsapant. So uh, it's a very key point. Um, and there are many Sikhs who actually believe that and understand that. But even in the presentation of Sikh thought, it comes out that, oh, and changes occurred after Guru Arjun Saab and, and, and the Sikh Guru. So words obviously matter. We've got to be careful. So even if our understanding and kind of core inherent belief is they're all the same, even I struggle and I try to be very careful to present that it was not a change. It was not a transformation. It was a, you know, a, a contextual uh, reaffirmation of, 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 of different aspects of life. That the, that the guru was presenting. So it's, it's not easy to present it that way, but um, patience uh, from all of us, the listeners, as well as us, you know, who are sharing our, our understanding is required to keep that kind of refrain intact, that jyot oha, jyugatsai, sekaya fer palatiya, that body is changing, but, but wisdom and methodology is not. And Abreed, I really appreciate your time. Uh, on Guru Hargobind Sad today. Uh, it was a very enlightening discussion, especially for me. Uh, I want to let I want to let everybody know that if you have any questions or comments, concerns, whatever, you can definitely, um, you know, in the podcast notes, we have our Twitter handles. Definitely reach out to us individually or you can email us at info at sikri.org if you have any questions. We can email you back or we'll answer it on the next podcast. Uh, but Indipreet, once again, really appreciate your time on Guru Hargobind Singh Sahib today. Yeah, really appreciate your time. And it was definitely a good good discussion. Uh, and um, like with all the gurus, uh, you know, we could go on and on and on and on. And so we're trying to give a, you know, a perspective. My, my opinion is obviously involved in here, but maybe some facts that are unknown, but quite significant is what I was trying to share as well. And hopefully people enjoyed that. Thank you very much, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you, Ji. Uh, Thank you, Ji. Thank you, Ji.